the main thing that uh, I wanted to start out with, and, and uh, Keith was going to help me with it, but kind of worked out to where his skirt surgery was scanned during it, which is good because that way he got the surgery sooner than he thought, so that's good. Um, but another aspect of that, I don't want, I don't, uh, I don't know, we, don't, we haven't figured the schedule out yet. So this may be the last week of this series, I'm not sure, uh, he's feeling. Um, but we've been kind of looking at, uh, oh, where'd we start out at? We looked at the doctrine of federalism in the Bible and how um, even in Christianity we have a representative type government. I don't know if you ever really thought about that or not, but we have a, a federalistic type religion where... Um, uh, in the beginning, Adam was our representative, and he kind of messed that up, didn't he? And uh, then we elected a new representative with Jesus Christ, and he fixed all the bad decisions that our original representative put us in. That's the reason we're, we have sin in this world. So, um, And then we looked at, uh, uh, what was we looked at last week was what? Who can remember? This is a good Vera question. What did we talk about last week? <laughs> last week, uh, if, I, if I have my week's straight, we looked at uh, rebellion, right? We looked at, how, was that last week? Rebellion, yes. How rebel, being a rebel is a good thing in certain occasions. And um, that's what our country is founded on, is a bunch of rebels. We rebelled against England and um, uh, gained our freedom through that and established our own godly government. And um, I think it's this week, if you're the history buff in here, I think this week's when we celebrate the anniversary of our victory at Yorktown with Washington. Is that right? October something or another-ish, right around Sweetest Day. Is that right? Sweetest Day's coming up. Don't forget Sweetest Day. It's our anniversary, usually. <clears throat> 21st, is it? Yep. I think it's the 20th this year. 20th? 21st, really? 21st? She must have a sweetheart she's planning on buying something for. Uh, so we looked at that uh, last week, um, kind of kind of going along these lines of uh, uh, states' rights and our Constitution and uh, the reason for the Civil War, and that was where Keith was going to come in, and, and I was going to build on that tonight originally, but uh, I was kind of so amazed how the condition of our country, um, and it, it got me thinking about a couple of things, so I'll probably ramble a little bit. We've got a lot of scripture to read tonight, um, but... Uh, I think we all kind of gained a sigh of relief last fall, wouldn't you say? I think we all like, whew, and maybe that was because we were teaching on government then. We took a break from it, but I think I had us all depressed. And uh, Vera was the only one that was right during our mock election. Um, not who you were voting for, but who you thought was going to win. And we all kind of were left kind of depressed. And we looked at the the situation of our government and the finances of our government and uh, the unconstitutional way our government's ran. And I, I think there for about a couple months, we all just kind of left here and thought, hmm, yeah, proud to be an American for sure. And then, uh, and then November, whatever, 8th, 7th, I think it was, or whatever, November whatever it was, happened. And I think we all kind of felt like, ah, maybe we can get this train back on the tracks and we'll get it rolling the right direction. We can turn this ship around and, and, I'm a fr and I don't want to depress us again. This is not a depressing message. Uh, this is a uh, continue to be on your toes type message. Um, so don't take it as depressing. I hope, I hope you don't get depressed. I wasn't depressed putting it all together. But I, I think we all kind of gained that little bit of sigh of relief or maybe it was just potentially a calm before a storm. And I hope that's not the case. Um, but I think it's our job as Christians to be aware of our our, the world we live in, you know, we're, we're to be in the world, but not of the world. But I think the world is a good determining factor 
and uh, we can look a little bit at the world and we can see um, God's timeline. You know, um, Paul said that no man know the, the, uh, the day or the hour, but the seasons, brethren. So what's the seasons? You know, we can, we can see this, the seasons changing. Listen, I was looking out the window and I said, man, it, looks, it finally looks like fall today. Just, it looks like fall. So, I mean, it's pretty distinguishable what that season is. We, you know, if, if, if uh, somebody pulled you out of prison and threw you outside, you'd look out, you'd say, oh, it's fall. And uh, we, so the, the seasons are pretty distinguishable. So we are to know the seasons. We don't know the day or the hour or the year or the time, but we are to know the seasons. And the, and the uh, seasons, the way we know the seasons is by the environment. We, you don't have to look at a calendar to know what season it is. You go outside and, oh, it was... It's crisp and chilly and just that fall-type weather. So we're to know the seasons, and you can tell the seasons just by the environment. So uh, I don't think we're to be caught off guard by that. Um, <clears throat> so again, I, I don't want us to, to get nervous or depressed or anything, um, but I want us to just look at the nation that we live in today um, and, and help me out. What would be a couple words that would describe the United States in October 2017? That, that, was, that was what I was thinking. <clears throat> divided. We live in such divided times. I mean, I'm just a young pup. <laughs> I was talking to somebody again last week, and they said, I think you might have went to school. And I said, stop. I'm a lot younger than I look. And he said, my sister. I said, what, what year? He said, 1985. I said, nope. <laughs> just goes to show. <laughs> I'm a lot younger than I look. I don't know why that is. <laughs> but uh, I'm just a young pup, so I, it's kind of hard for me to, to remember of how things used to be. But I sure don't remember times where our nation has been divided like, like today. Anybody else like, I mean, some of you lived through Vietnam. Was, did it seem as divided, our nation divided then as it is now? A little bit. How about World War II? Was that as divided as it is <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but really, in, in recent um, times in memory, um, seem, seems like our nation is thoroughly divided. And, um, uh, you know, I, we kind of alluded to this, um, that with what's going on around our nation, taking down statues, and that's kind of what spurred on this study was, was all the removal of statues, um, changing our history, and uh, changing the names of schools in Texas and all across our country just because they were named after some radical, racist, but they were our founding fathers. That's the problem with it. When we changed the name of a school from Jefferson High School to whatever and Washington High School to whatever because uh, they potentially own slaves, there's problems with that. Uh, did you guys celebrate national, what was Monday? <laughs> it's no longer Columbus Day, it's national, what is it? Indigenous People Day. Did anybody celebrate National Indigenous People Day Monday? Uh, that, that movement grows more and more. Did anybody know that that was an option? That, that movement seems like it grows more and more each year because that wicked Christopher Columbus that came to America... Uh, conquered those savages, or not savages, but the indigenous people and so on and so forth. And if it wasn't for the 
if it wasn't for the white Europeans coming to America, those Indians would have lived happily ever after. What is that? That is a fairy tale. Uh, if you watch any Westerns, not that I get my history from Westerns, but what did those Indians do? They fought amongst themselves all over. Every tribe of Indians fought one another. So it's not like they didn't know how to fight when, we, when the Europeans came over here, and that's the point that they're, they're get, trying to, to get across. So now we're, we're divided if you celebrate Christopher Columbus Day, which is not a big celebration. I don't even think the kids get out of school, hardly any schools anymore. I know ours didn't. Must go to a liberal school. <clears throat> but uh, So we, we're even divided down as far as that. Um, so it's, it's rewriting our history to fit an agenda that's not true. And, and I think that's what bothers me so much because they who write the history are the ones that win, if you ever notice that. They that win are the ones that write history. And here's something that I found kind of interesting. Um, researching and studying this whole Civil War states' rights. Um, even during the Civil War, the reason for the Civil War was not 100% clear. When asked around, the, there was issues on whether it was solely on slavery or whether it was on states' rights. And um, hopefully Keith will look at that Corwin Doctrine because it is the town next door is named after the congressman... Um, Thomas Corwin, I believe, or Paul Corwin, something, something like that, um, that was in Washington that uh, wrote that amendment. So we can even see by that 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 wasn't entirely the issue um, at the time of the Civil War. And uh, President Lincoln's first inaugural address, has anybody, has anybody heard of Judge Napoleano, the guy from New Jersey, he's on Fox News every once in a while, is that his name? Judge Napoleon, yeah, I think that's his name. Um, he is, uh, it, it's kind of interesting because he's a fairly conservative guy, um, but he's written books on some of our founding fathers and their true beliefs because even the history on some of them has been uh, rewritten. And, and I th I'm not sure what the name of his book was, but he, he wrote a book, um, something about the true Abraham Lincoln because our modern education system has grabbed Abraham Lincoln and portrayed him as somebody that he's not. And if you ask a majority of people who's the greatest president of the United States, what's the answer typically going to be? Abraham Lincoln. That's typically what's going to be told. Uh, unless you ask Neil and I, then it's Ronald Reagan. We know that. <laughs> so, uh, but we, we see that his portrayal is something maybe different than what it was. If you look at his first inaugural address, um, he basically didn't say anything about abolishing slavery. After he was, already, after he was uh, elected and president of the United States, there was nothing in this uh, first inaugural address about abolishing slavery. That wasn't the platform that he ran on, and, and that wasn't in his address. Um, and then shortly after that, we see the uh, southern states succeeding. Um, so, but today, we, uh, as Americans, we look at it like this. What's the old saying about divide and what? Conquer. And we know that the United States, and I don't think anybody could disagree with this, you won't find a Christian that will disagree with this, but the United States is on this earth for a purpose, and God has used it as a shining light, a beacon uh, up on a hill to spread the gospel around the world. Um, sadly, we are losing that status little by little every day. So if, if you were the enemy, if you were Satan, and you wanted absolute control, rule, and reign over the entire world, what would be your number one agenda? 
to knock down that light on the shiny hill so that you could have your will and your way. And I, th I think it was even Ronald. No, it wasn't. Not Ronald Reagan. Who's the, uh, what's the rest of this? Paul Harvey. <clears throat> I think Paul Harvey's got kind of a famous thing about the United States and if he was the devil, what he would do to the United States. Anybody ever heard that? Um, so that was one of his one of his plans, and that I think in that poem was to to divide the United States. So here we are, 2017, and we're probably at the most divided time in our country's history. Besides, the Civil War. I mean, that was a true a true division, and I think it's just by the grace of God that our our young nation didn't fall. I mean, how easy would it have been for? The Canadians to come down and wipe us out then when we're fighting against each other and we're... Have you ever thought about the numbers? We're, we're talking about 700,000 men and boys in the Civil War. If you looked at that as today's population of the United States, 330 million people, that would be like us losing 6 million people today. Can you, can you imagine that number? 6 million people in that division of our country. That's, that's huge. That's, that's how the numbers work out for that. Um, so in order for, because um, we know that there's a, a satanic new world order coming down the pipe. I mean, the Bible tells us that, that there's going to be Antichrist come on the scene. And we know that part of the reason that that is is because the church is called out and the Holy Ghost is gone and Satan has full reel and reign. But uh, I... You know, look at it like this. It's kind of sad to say this, but not every good person in the United States is saved. <laughs> really, there's, there's good lost people out there. So when the church is gone, what voice and what's the majority of those good lost people that are going to be left? How, how has Satan divided our nation to do that? So in order to conquer a nation um, as powerful as the United States, a couple things has to happen, and basically the first one of those things is that it has to be conquered, has to be divided, and has to be conquered, and it has to fall. So that's what we're looking at. That's, that's the doomsday um, position of the United States someday. It, it's going to fall. Um, and if you look at the, the statistics of a, a true uh, republic, um, the United States has actually outseated the life, lifespan of a republic. Um, so we're past our shelf date, if you will. And I, I kind of, like I said, I, I looked at this just, just here tonight. This is all kind of fresh and new. But uh, to look at some of Satan's tactics, and let's do this. Let's look at 1 Corinthians uh, chapter number 1. And uh, here we get a, a pretty interesting warning from the Apostle Paul, and he's actually talking to the church we're going to look in verse number 10, <clears throat> and I couldn't decide where to stop, so we're just going to read the rest of the chapter. How's that? Lovely. Amen. Somebody say amen. Okay, thank you. <clears throat> verse number 10, now I beseech you therefore, brethren, so he's begging them, by the name of our Lord, that ye shall speak the same thing, and that there be no division among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together, the same mind and the same judgment. So... Uh, he's talking to the church. He's begging the church to be of the same mind, the same ideas, the, th the same thoughts, and that they be joined together. For it has been declared unto, unto me of you, my brethren, by them that are of the house of Cleo and those that are in, uh, in contentions, that there are contentions among you. 
Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, and I am Cephas, and I am Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you, but of Crispus and of uh, Gaius, uh, lest any should say that I have baptized in my own name. And I baptized also the house of Stephanus, and besides I know not whether I baptized any more, any others. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with words of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but uh, unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of the world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For after that is in the wisdom of God, and the word of wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greek seeketh after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jew a stumbling block, and unto the Greek foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, and not many mighty, not many noble, are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are and base things of the world to the things which are despised. God chosen, yea, the things which are not bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should give glory in his presence. But in him are ye in Christ Jesus, who hath, uh, whom the God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorify, let him glory in the Lord. So we see here that Paul is warning this church, and he's telling this church, and he's begging this church to what? Be unified. Be together. Because they were so divided because some of them were saying, I was baptized by this guy, and I was baptized by this guy. And he said, no, it, does, it doesn't matter. That we are one and one body in Jesus Christ. So don't be, don't be so divided. And then he goes on to say that now there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. So we're now come together and we're united. Um, so who did that? Who brought that unity together? Jesus Christ. That, that's what brings that unity together. And Paul was concerned that this division was creeping in, and, this, and basically it was a false doctrine that was, that was creeping in. And who brought that false doctrine? Satan. That, that's one of his tactics is to divide. So whenever we see that there's some division somewhere, um, we see that that's the case because Christ divides, but Satan... Christ unites and Satan divides. So whenever there's division involved, you can kind of see who's at play there, can't you? Um, we can see that in our country nowadays. You know, we see that division taking place. All the, oh, it's just kind of, kind of, does anybody watch the news? Like, just keep an eye on the news. It's so funny. Kristen, I, I, what was I doing? I was looking something up yesterday, and I'm like, look, I found an, an article from last year about our church and um, they they took put their camera on this on the parking lot and took a picture of the building uh, that was next door and tried to show it just as run down and tattered as they could be 
And, and then they said, and we don't know what the church is talking about, about us buying this property. And they said, we don't know what the church's plans are in the future for the property. And I thought, they never called. <laughs> they never called. So the whole story was based on, like, uh, you know, the, the Dutchman's gone, and they bought the property for this amount of dollar, and they sold it to the church for this amount of dollar, and we're not sure what the church is going to do with it. I'm like, what, what, good art, what good did that article do? And I just, this, this was from last year, and I hadn't even, hadn't even seen it. And I'm like, what, what good did that do? It didn't do any good. And um, really, all it did was to get the town people that read it say, oh, what are they going to do with that place? What, what's, you know, why, why they got it so cheap and everything else? Well, what, what good is that? That's not, that's not bringing us together. That's dividing us. That's trying to set our community up against us just because we stole this place, I guess. <clears throat> so, uh, and I uh, remember when we crashed into the building down here and <laughs> we had a little help from some teenage girls. But I remember the next day watching the news, and they didn't even have the story right. I'm like, a simple little story like that, and they can't even get that right. And, uh, uh, oh, I was talking to a buddy of mine uh, about this channel. Um, what's the Dayton channel? 45, I think it is. That's still the Dayton channel. It's still alive. 45 is still alive. Uh, he was talking about an article that, that he, he knew, and he said, they can't get the simple things right. I'm like, I, we should all go get jobs as reporters, I guess, and just get the truth out. Because when you get the truth out, there should be no division. It should all be united. There's not, you know, this side says, yeah, that's how it went. And this side says, yeah, that's exactly how it went. There's usually a sad side and a, good, a glad side on an argument. And if the truth is laid out, then it's united. But if the truth isn't there, then that leaves opportunity for division. So the same thing the news media does on a small local level, it, it does it on a national level to where a shooting in Los Angeles, there's so many um, conspiracy theories pop up overnight, just like that. Why is that? Because we don't, because nobody trusts the government and nobody trusts the media and there's a cover up on everything. Am I right? I mean, that, that's the simple, whether there's this conspiracy, whether there's a cover up, who knows? We don't know because we don't, we, we've been, those of us that see see the division and those of us that see the purpose in a lot of things we just don't know where what the truth is so we're divided um so christ unites and satan deceives let's look at this let's look at uh, number one tool that he uses we'll go to joshua uh chapter number nine to do that seems more like a sunday morning doesn't it <laughs> Joshua chapter number 9, we're going to begin in verse number 1 through, I think, 15, and then I'll brief us on the rest of the story. Uh, and it came to pass, when all the kings which were on the side of Jordan in the hills and in the valley and the coasts and the great sea against uh, Lebanon, the Hittites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, all the Amites, heard thereof. So they, they heard that this nation of Israel was coming and Joshua had the reins. And they gathered themselves together to fight with Joshua and with Israel with one accord. And when the inhabitants of Gideon heard that jo what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, uh, they did work wily and went and made as if it had been ambassadors and took old sacks upon their asses and wine bottles old and rent and bound up and old shoes and clothed up their feet and old garments upon them 
And all the bread of their provisions was dry and moldy. And when they went to Joshua unto the camp of Gilgal, and said unto him and the men of Israel, We come from a far country. Now therefore make a league with, with, uh, uh, with us. And the men of Israel said unto the Hivites, Peradventure we dwell among us, and how shall we make a league with you? And they said unto Joshua, We are thy servants. And Joshua said unto them, Who are ye, and from whence ye come? And they said unto him, From a far country. Thy servants are come because of the uh, name of the Lord thy God that we have heard the fame of him and all that he did in Egypt and all that he did to the two kings, the Amorites that were beyond Jordan and Sihon, king of Hashbon, and Og, king of Balaam, the Bashan, uh, which is the Ashtroth. Uh, therefore our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spake unto us, saying, Take victuals with you into the journey and go and meet and say unto them, We are your servants, therefore now make a league with us. This is our bread and we took hot from our provisions out of our houses in the day we came forth to go unto you. Now behold, it is dry and it is moldy. And these bottles of wine which were filled were new. And behold, they are rent. And all of our garments and our shoes were become old by reason of this long journey. And the men took their victuals and asked their counsel at the mouth of the Lord. And Joshua made peace with them and made a league with them and let them live. And the prince of their congregation swear unto them. So what happened? these guys on the other side of the creek came over to Joshua in tattered clothes and moldy bread and, and, and spoiled wine. They said, we've come from afar to make a league with you, to spare us, please, we beg you. And then they, then they went ahead and explained all of their actions. So they had, these, they had this deception going on, and then they explained all the actions of their deception. See, our clothes are shot. Our mold, our bread, it was hot. We just pulled it out of the oven, and now it's dry and moldy, and it's junk. <clears throat> what, what were they doing? The, the number, tool, number two tool that Satan has is deception. And then he builds on that deception and keeps explaining that deception and explains why this is that way and why this is that way, but it can't be trusted. And it seems like we have a lot of that going on in our country nowadays. There's an explanation for everything. Everybody's the first one to have an explanation on something that doesn't seem quite right. And guess what Joshua did? He made a league with them. And later on, you read in the rest of the chapter, they found out. They found these guys out. And they said, but you made a league with us. And Joshua said, yep, we won't kill you. Get to chopping wood. <laughs> they used them as servants. So uh, we see that it worked out in this instance. But how much has that happened uh, in our country, how, how much are we deceived by uh, just people around us? Deception. That's the number one tool of Satan is, is deception. Let's look at Isaiah chapter number 40. Oof. We were going to read the whole thing. Anybody feel like reading the whole thing? Should we do that? Let's do that. <clears throat> we, uh, we, we started, we started, oh, when was that? Uh, several Wednesdays past, we started studying book of Isaiah, and I can't even remember now where we finished up. I think we covered this chapter, and I was reading it again today, and I thought, man, that's pretty amazing that this chapter, if you will, uh, oh, look at that. I, I got that. That's what you get for reading out of your phone, not your Bible. I got a real note right here where apparently I saw that before, um, but if you read this chapter, it kind of, man, are we going to read the whole thing? That's 40-some, 30 verses. Um, it it kind of reads like a, um, almost like a, a history, a, 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 it's prophetic for Israel. It's, it's a prophetic 
uh, chapter for them, <clears throat> but it almost reads like a prophetic prophecy from there on a timeline of that nation. And I, I just, I, apparently I'd caught that before, but I caught it again today. Um, let's go ahead and read it. Verse number one. Might need some water for the end of the night, right? <clears throat> comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. So what, why is he writing this? Not to get all down in the mouth, not to worry about things that are to come, and not to be long-faced and think that the United States is going down, because this is he's writing this to Israel, but not, not to just be like, oh, leave here all depressed. No, comfort one another with, with what he's getting ready to say. Verse number two, speak ye comfortably unto Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished and her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received the Lord's hand double for her sins. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert the highway for our God. So who's that? That's John the Baptist. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. The crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places made plain, uh, places plain. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and the flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. The voice saith, Cry, and he saith, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and the goodness thereof is as a flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it, and surely the people is grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. You kind of get this picture of uh, uh, a short season here, grasses and flowers. How long do they last? Not long. Uh, grass mowers, they kind of look forward to the end of that grass season, don't we? I'm, I'm ready to stop. Well, I, I was getting ready to bury the lawnmower in the barn with some junk yesterday, and I said, one more time, <laughs> one more time, baby, and I'm done with the mower for the year. Maybe, yeah, probably one more time. <laughs> Verse number 9, O Zion, bringest good tidings. Get thee up to the high mountains, O Jerusalem, that bringest good tidings up to the voice of strength, and be it not afraid unto the cities of Judah. Behold your God. Behold, the Lord God will come with strong hand, and with his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. So you kind of see this, uh, the proclamation of Jesus Christ and the John the Baptist, and now we're seeing Jesus coming back on the scene. Verse number 11, He shall feed his flock like a shepherd, and he shall gather the lambs in his arm and carry them into his bosom, and he shall gently lead them, lead those that are with young, whose hath measured the waters of the hollow of his hand and measured, metered out heavens with the span and comprehended the dust. Oh, I was just kidding, but thank you, buddy. Look at that. That's a good, that's a good lad right there. Uh, where did I leave off? Where was I at? Twelve. Uh, who hath measured the waters and the hallowed of his hand, and metered out the heavens with the span, and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales, and the hills in a balance? Who hath directed the spirit of the Lord, or bringeth his uh, counselor, hath taught him? With whom took he counsel, and whom instructed him, and taught him in his path of judgment, and taught his knowledge, and showed him the way of the understanding? Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket." and counted as small dust in a balance. Behold, he taketh up the isles as a very little thing, and Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor the beast thereof sufficient for a burnt offering. Kind of see this tribulation now kind of rolling into this. <clears throat> All nations before him as nothing, and they are counted to him less than nothing, and vanity. To whom then will ye liken God, or what like this will ye compare unto him? 
the workman melteth a graven image, and the goldsmith spread it over with gold, and casteth silver chains. And he that is impoverished, and hath no oblation, chooseth a tree, and that will not rot. And he seeketh unto him a cunning workman to prepare a graven image that shall not be moved. Have ye not known, have ye not heard, and has it been, not yet been told from the beginning? Have ye not understood from the foundation of the earth? And it is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof as are, are as grasshoppers, that stretcheth out the heavens like a curtain, and spreadeth them out like a tent, and dwell in that bringeth the princes to nothing, he maketh the judges of this earth as vanity. Yea, they shall not be planted. Yea, they shall not be sown. Yea, their stock shall not take root in the earth. <clears throat> and he shall also blow upon them, and they shall wither. And the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. To whom then will you liken me? Or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things? And what bringeth out their hosts of numbers, he calleth them by name, and the greatness of his might, and he is strong in power, not the faineth. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed away from my God? <clears throat> hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, and hast the everlasting God, the Lord of Creator, uh, the Creator, of the ends of the earth fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no search of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. <clears throat> Even the youths shall faint, and the weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up the wings as eagles, and they shall run not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. Kind of see that timeline of Israel as we read through that chapter. We kind of see that Jesus is coming on the scene. And then standing. And then God's kind of answering the question. Are you concerned with all the nations of the world? Do you think I'm concerned with your petty leadership and your petty governments and all these men in power? Do you think I'm not in control of all that? Do you think that I didn't have this figured out from the foundation of the earth? Why are we worried, right? Isn't that what he said at the beginning of the chapter? Comfort you. This is God speaking to us. Don't, don't be worried about stuff that you, we think is out of control. Our nation's so divided. Yep, it's supposed to be that way. Our, our news media lies to us. Yep, it's supposed to be that way. We, we don't know who to trust. Yep, it's supposed to be that way. But we see the third. I mean, thank you, Wyatt. I think I did need this. Oh, it's hot water. <laughs> but we see the, uh, the third trick of the devil is just utter destruction. Uh, utter destruction. That, that's, that's one of his tools. Um, so he, he uh, <clears throat> you know, and, and part of the ways that <clears throat> I think this, this utter destruction is going to happen is, is really probably to our nation. Uh, he's dividing our nation over racism. I've kind of made this comment a couple times on the old internet when I got plenty of power in my fingers. <clears throat> Racism would die if people would let it. Isn't that the truth? Racism would die if people would let it. You know, one of the things about the Civil War that, that kind of brings us back around to that, <clears throat> did you know that slavery was going to die shortly after the Civil War? 
do, do you know that mechanical forms and means of separating uh, cotton and the seed, the co uh, it's called the cotton gin, and that's what bumped the Industrial Revolution, uh, and mechanized ways of picking cotton, and the same way with other legumes and crops and stuff, uh, it, it, slavery was beginning to be a thing of the past. It was going to be not economical. One of the questions that was posed um, after the Civil War was this. <clears throat> I think it was, I, I forget who asked the question, but I, I think it was asked to President Lincoln. Wouldn't it have been cheaper for the government to purchase all the slaves? <laughs> and somebody sat down and did the calculations, and why, yes, it would have been. If the, if the United States government wanted to end slavery, it would have been better off to go to all the slave owners and purchase the slaves and set them free. It, it would have been cheaper. Um, not just the, count of, the cost of life, but just in monetary, uh, it would have been cheaper. Um, how about segregation? in our country, our recent history. Some, some of you, some of you post-World War II buffs probably remember segregation in the United States. Granted, it uh, not as bad in, in the northern states as it was in the southern, but do you know that segregation was on its way to die until they brought the issue up? And just like in recent history, I believe in our country, racism was on its decline and was gonna die. Uh, I've said this before and I, I, I want it to come across the right way that when Barack Hussein Obama was elected, I thought, oh, finally, maybe racism will die in this country. You know, we have elected the first black man to the highest office in the country. Whew. But it was stirred up even more. And look what we have today. Sexism. I didn't know it was an issue. I thought it died back in the 20s as well. Bigger issue today than it ever was. Uh, class warfare. See how we're, we're divided? That just, just divide. If, if we can't be divided racially and we can't be divided between male and female, let's divide people on their income. And then here's another dividing factor is this whole health care stuff. It's got the nation so divided. I mean, I can't stand John McCain right now so much. I can't. Did I say that? <laughs> health care has us divided. And, of course, in recent weeks, the whole thing spurred back up with the gun debate. If we can't divide people racially, sexually, Financially, let's do it. Let's let's split the rednecks up from everybody else, I guess. And, and that's that's the debate that's going on in our country right now. So we're so yeah, we're so divided. Well, look at this. Here, this is this is. I hope you get this. Satan's plan in action. When did it happen? It happened in the Garden of Eden. He separated Adam and Eve. He separated them in the garden, and then he deceived. Eve, and then an utter fall. Look at mankind today. It's no, it's no new trick. It's right there for us in Genesis. He, he divided them. He split them up. Uh, I don't. Maybe they were fighting that day. Think they were fighting? <laughs> I know what that fight went. What do you want to eat, honey? I don't care. <laughs> that's what that's what divided them. Something so simple. What do you want for dinner? I don't care. McDonald's. Ah, we had McDonald's yesterday. That, that's why they were divided. They were fighting over food. No, she was, she got no, she was at the grocery store, so maybe they were. Uh, but no, he, he divided them, and then he deceived them, and then came the utter fall. And, and there it is. So, potentially, what's going what's gonna to knock down the United States? Just that. It's, it's, it's division, it's deception, and then it'll be an utter fall. Right now, do you know our stock market? Has anybody got a bunch of stock? Has anybody made any money in the last couple months? Everybody's happy, 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 right? 
what do you think will happen when that thing tanks? And the people that have doubled their money or tripled their money lose their money. What do you think will happen? If you, if you ever look at a pattern at the stock market, that's kind of usually how it goes, doesn't it? I mean, there's a reason we're at a record high because <laughs> we've not been here before. And how many times has there been record highs in the past? You just kind of watch it. Up, tank, up, tank, up, tank. And, and what happened the last time this thing tanked just a few years ago? Oh, it sent everything, everybody in a whirlwind. The housing dropped out, and they're trying to explain did this and did that. And, and right now we're in this weird economy where Walmart's scrambling around trying to figure out what to do. And we were talking today about a lot of stores are staying closed for Thanksgiving this year, and they're saying that it's so people can stay with their families. But no, it's because the online stuff's outdoing the box stores. So they, we're in this weird transition, uh, even the way that our financial and, and uh, distribution system works. They can't quite get a grip on it, and we're kind of in these uneasy waters. Well, what happens if the bottom just drops out of this thing? What happens if Korea pulls the trigger? And right now, if he does... Uh, our country's so divided that, that what's Trump supposed to do? Because he'll make half the country mad if he retaliates or defends ourselves. Or see where see what the this this catch twenty two that he's. I would hate to be him right now. <laughs> like oh, I feel for the guy because he just can't do anything right. And then all the stuff that took place with that Hollywood guy this week that is just sickening. And, and, and then Hillary Clinton coming out and saying, well, we've got a pedophile in the White House, and look who your husband is. Like, are you serious? <laughs> it's just, just breaking it down level by level. So, I mean, we're, we're living in some pretty exciting times if you look at it like this. Just don't get depressed, um, but just look at it like, because I, I feel like since last November, I kind of took this, oh, whew, maybe it's not, maybe, maybe we got plenty of time. Maybe it's this, that, and the other. I think when we get in that attitude, we get a little lax and we forget what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be looking for that end. We're supposed to be preaching the gospel and we're supposed to be uh, ready to give an answer and so forth. And, and I, I don't know why this came up tonight. Maybe, maybe Christy needed it, I guess. But uh, I just saw that, that that's his tactics even from the beginning to deceive and to, to divide, deceive, and then utterly fall. And I... I kind of see that that's the way uh, our, our nation's going, and I, th I don't know of a time where our Constitution, since we're studying this topic, uh, has ever been under such attack as today. And the reason that it's under attack is because of what we just talked about, racism, uh, sexism, and uh, the, the gun debate, and so forth. And I, don't, I think I told you this, that I asked that first question our first week of uh, and um, Bill O'Reilly, <clears throat> Bill O'Reilly answered that question, and he said that if they can destroy our Constitution, what do we what do we have? We have nothing. Uh, Romans thirteen verse. Uh, uh, this was where I was going tonight. Romans thirteen verse number one tells us to um, uh, submit our. Can you pull it up real quick? Romans thirteen one. I thought I heard you clicking. Romans thirteen one. I don't want to misquote it. It's not one of your Sunday school memory verses. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. So um, <clears throat> that's who we're supposed to be subject to. What, what is the higher power of the United States? 
You guys got this. Constitution, that, that's our highest power. That, that's our highest power. That, that's what's so special and marvelous and miraculous about the United States of America, that our highest power is we the people. We the people. Who, who is attacked first? The leader. So who's being attacked in our country? Uh, I found this interesting that the NIV says the governing authorities. They changed that verse to the governing authorities. Isn't that interesting? The governing authorities. That's not the Constitution. That's man governing authorities. <clears throat> so um, Psalms 94.16 tells us to stand up against those evils. So we can't just say, oh, this is God's plan and just kick back and watch it happen. We still need to uh, fight for righteousness and have a voice. Um, you know, I, I look at... I look at these kids and I just think, oh, man, I'm glad I'm not you. <laughs> I think there was an evil king that said that one time, wasn't there? <laughs> um, so we, uh, oh, look at this. Who will rise up for me against the evildoer? There it is. That's God asking the question. Who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Who, who's on his side? That's, that's our, our job, to stand in the gap and to try to make it better for for these kids. You know, I, I think it would be great if uh, one of these kids in this church grew up to be a politician, when, uh, a, but a good, truthful, honest politician, which are far and few in between, and make a difference. Or maybe some of us old people would decide to get in politics in the office and make some changes. <clears throat> what do you think? Is anybody depressed? Is this country going downhill in the handbasket? Pretty much. Are we supposed to be worried about it? No. <laughs> well, I had a good morning this morning. I don't know if we had any saved, but I, I think the Lord was moving and working, so that's always, that's always a plus. Had some repeat visitors. That's good. We got some of Joe Crutchfield's relation. We won't hold that against them <coughs> tonight, and uh, we'll have a good time. Well, Dad, would you dismiss us in a word of prayer, and we'll get out of here tonight.